And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. It is Brando, uh, the last episode of 2020, if you can believe it or not. I can't believe it or not. Uh, it's the, was it episode 239? So it's like, we got, we just put out a best of on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can saw me in my, my, my contestants here, my panel here, I guess, uh, I just awkwardly dance while I was playing the theme song by Mike Squires. Um, so I wanted to say right away, I guess that's my introduction to Mike Squires, who's been doing my theme song. One of the many grateful things I've been, mean, uh, very, very proud of with this, uh, this podcast. But today, I'm grateful to have the listeners who on the show, maybe I should make this kind of a, a theme for at the end of every year. We just have like a big fan to do and reflect on the year that was or wasn't in the Guns N' Roses world. Uh, talk about me, wh- whatever it is. But, but today, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia riot. But the couch refs thing and the, the Mike uh, Squires uh, tie-in leads into perfectly. Because we're all dressed for the occasion. That's why I, I encourage Zoom, however you listen to this, iHeart, however. So I, I guess I have to first go to, and you're muted. Is everybody muted, by the way? I think you're all muted. I just wanted to be polite. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got scared. Here, you know? I was like, what happened? Okay. See, this is, all, this is all new. So this is like part three in our Riot series. You don't have to be mute. I'm doing yeah, my quote-unquote like, monologue. I, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate just that. From working from home all, most of the year, <laughs> you just kind of learn a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, I gotcha. Because uh, I'm still at home. Uh, I've been at home almost all year doing this podcast. And everybody else here is at their home. So while you see my apartment in Queens, uh, first, let's go to Satya. Where are you from? Uh, um, I'm now? originally from South Jersey. I currently live uh, just outside Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, how, I can't believe I'm going to ask this question. How is the weather there? Because it's, very, it's uh, very weird here in New York. It's cold it's like it was like the 20s in the morning but it's gonna be back to the 50s so it's very very up and down nobody told me it gets cold here (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's cold everywhere now because uh here in new york we just had our first blizzard which is going to lead into our conversation for today Uh, because again if you're watching on zoom i'm wearing the official 2002 uh guns and roses chinese democracy long sleeve t-shirt when i saw them at the first show during a blizzard so we're going to talk about that was the last show of that tour. So uh, Satya, who I've mentioned on this podcast many times, you're one of the amazing listeners that I have to contribute uh, questions and, I don't know, make me feel like somebody other than my brothers are listening to this podcast. So, so, so thank glad you. Glad to be here, man. Uh, also, another great listener. Um, I don't want to, you guys are so much more than listeners. because I don't want to label you, but you know what I mean. Uh, as I awkwardly introduce all of you. But Iman, and I'm saying that correctly too. Oh yeah, it's easier than it looks. It's yeah. that's what they all say. Uh, so Iman, who, what is that behind you? Is like a wood carving, a Guns N' Roses yeah. wood carving? Uh, future mother-in-law made that for me for Christmas, and it's kind of cute, you know. Oh One wow! Little mantle there. That's awesome. Make that's her so happy. Cool. 
So. I do, and above it are the are the the Funko Pops. Yeah, we got little Gino. Funko guys. Yeah, had to collect all, collect them all twice. You know, as any like, fan would do. Okay, so I got yeah. you because I know such as in Jersey, obviously Philly's a stone's throw. You are now in because I can tell by the hat you're wearing. Mm-hmm. You're in Buffalo, so I, I'm rooting for the Bills. I am yeah. as a Giants fan. <laughs> I got nothing. Go Bills! You the know, Bills, Bills are mom. playing like the Use Your Illusion era, so it's really good. You know. <laughs> But where are you, I guess, originally from? Where were you in 2002, again, on the subject of this podcast, when you were able to go see them? And, or you didn't see them. You tried to see right. them in Philadelphia. I lived in, so I grew up in Maryland, and then I went to school in West Virginia, got a job in Virginia. That's, I was living in Roanoke, Virginia, when the 2002 tour was happening. Okay. So it was about a five-hour drive up there. It wasn't too bad. So and now I live in, I lived in St. Louis for almost 20 years and I just moved to Buffalo a couple months ago. So working remotely all year. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a new Don't lifestyle. Go outside. Don't yeah, go outside. And a, I got 18 and a half inches of snow here today or the last two days. Oh, but the, uh, the guy who used to own this house. He came by and snow blowed it for us. So that's, that's uh, nice. City of good neighbors. You know, that's what With they Christmas say. spirit. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. Cause you've, I know you have a lot to say on the Philadelphia riot because throughout the years you've commented, I think the primary oh, yeah. way is through Twitter. I still want to know what happened. <laughs> I think we all do. And maybe we'll figure it out here. Maybe this will be like an unsolved mystery. I want my uh, $45 in uh, convenience fees back. That's- and that was uh, your first, your, that was going to be your first show or yeah. no? Yeah. Was your, okay. oh, wow. yep. And you drove five hours and that was my I, first show. Oh God. Well, let's, let's, let's can all the anger and the emotions yeah. until we get through all the introductions first. It'll be a long hour. I know. <laughs> and, and the guy who now with the professional setup, uh, Zachary Shaw <laughs> and uh, you're in Jersey as well. Yeah. So I'm actually in uh, central North Jersey right now, right outside of Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, okay. Grew up in South Jersey most of my life. Um, so Philadelphia has always been kind of a second home for me. Got to see so many concerts after the no show. Um, but Guns N' Roses was my, was, I got to see that. Sh- the, I attended the no show around 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. Oh, okay. Um, so I was young, but then I got to go to so many more concerts afterwards. I've been a huge music fan just my whole life, getting to even assistant editor, some metal websites. Uh, currently I co-host a podcast, with one of my best friends where we're just two music nerds who do album reviews, interviews of music, uh, musicians, uh, just getting to kind of geek out over music uh, like we all do as well. So I really, when I saw that you posted about talking about the, the 2002 Philly riots, I just, I wanted to chime in because I, I can't believe it's been 18 years since mm. that happened too. That kind of made me feel a little old. I don't know about everyone else here on the, yeah. on the chat, but oh, that, that was a little ego boost or <laughs> de boost, I should say. <laughs> of course. And you're going to give that interesting perspective because of you were 12 at the time. You know, yeah. Um, uh, how? And I think maybe Iman. How old were you around that time? Because I get like twenty. Not to make everyone feel old here. I, I apologize. Oh, too. so oh, wait, we're, we're around the same age. <laughs> yeah, 30, 37? 79, So, okay, okay. So you're a few years older than me. That, that's cool. You have my grays. I, I plucked them out. I'll get. I'll. I'll be as gray as well, you are. In, I worked in the ad agency world for a long time, and that's what that, they'll do what it. Happened. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why, I mean, I work on radio. That's why I went bald and wear hats yep. all the time. That's how yeah, that's <laughs> I shaved today just so <laughs> into the grays. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, what, 25? Okay, so. Okay. It's, it's funny, you're telling, you're talking about being 12, man. When I was 12, use your illusions. I hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> you know, it was like 
I, I always joke that I, I was such a young teenager at the right time, because if you think about it, VH1, all they did was documentaries about great music bands. That's right. Um, so I kind of got to like, it was after, like it, it vended out all the crap, you know, sorry for cursing, um, but I don't, I don't think I crap don't, is such, a curse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, how this works. Uh, you know. Crap hasn't been a curse since Bart Simpson. So I don't know. You're a, I, I you're still okay. curse like a 12 year old, apparently. Um, That's you're fine. But I think just, you know, I, I was very fortunate that I got to discover the good stuff at a young age because I mean, if you, now it's like, you didn't have to go through all the clutter. Like you have to go through today. It was kind of the behind the music era. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I discovered all of my favorite bands because of that show. Um, and it's just so fascinating to see how it, they became a band and how they became popular. That's crazy. Cause you're talking now, you know, I discovered guns and roses from watching MTV back when it was actually called music television, <laughs> you know, and guns, they were like, you know, not late, you know, 90, 91, they were huge everywhere. And I always tell like, like, I mean, Brando, Iman, I don't know if you guys remember, like, when the Estrange video came out, like, they dedicated, like, it was, like, they were advertising, like, three days prior, they had, like, yeah. an hour, they were leading up, like, playing every Guns N' Roses video that had been released at that point. And, we uh, were analyzing was, the trilogy. They kept playing yeah, that over like, and over. John mm. Sencio was hosting, like, a big special, and they played the video, like, twice back to back, and it was such a big deal back then. Yeah, my sister and I would spend spend an evening just arguing about what every little thing meant in those videos the strange got a little wonky that one was hard to dissect but oh, the yeah I, and it's funny because like november rain is what got me into guns and roses like not Same. only the song but just seeing slash on top of that piano wailing away while an orchestra was behind him like for as like as for all the craziness that was happening in that video such a simple image like that still like resonates with me like it it's when music videos were events like to yeah. like they were a huge ordeal like like you said like just premieres and days in advance like you don't get that anymore it's interesting to hear all your perspectives and when you found them and that's what something that i've spoken about throughout the course of this this podcast and how we found find this band at different points of of time and times in our life so it just it wasn't on purpose. I, I, I just found myself, I'm here in Lowell my girlfriend's in Chicago. I found myself being introspective uh, yesterday and I, I went to my live journal. I haven't written in my live journal in you know a decade. If, do, you, do we all know what that is? A live yeah, I had one. Mm -hmm. And I laughed so, when you posted about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure many of you did. So yeah, I posted this. And for those who don't know, the days before Facebook, right? And it was around the MySpace days, uh, live journal was something that you could, it was an online journal with you and your friends. And I, I've spoken about it briefly in the podcast. That's how I met my, my Canadian girlfriend through uh, Guns N' Roses. And that's how I saw GNR in Canada. So G live journal plays a weird uh, background story in my GNR fandom. So I'm just looking through stories and I'm like, what is this memories saved? And I have, I, I forgot about this. I wrote, reviews of when I saw Guns N' Roses in 2002 on the Chinese Democracy Tour. And then a few years later, also in uh, Velvet Revolver in 2004, I wrote, and it goes to show you how much of a nerd I was. We're all nerds. You're talking about being a nerd, oh, Zach, and, Zach yeah. and we're all nerds. I was too. Now I just happened to have a radio career and, and made this <laughs> podcast thing, a, you know, part of it. Uh, so I was a nerd before I kind of tried to make it be a professional nerd, I guess. 
So I, I'm reading this. And if you want to read the review and I'm, I'm very ashamed, I'm very embarrassed to post it. I, I called the, even though I did praise the, the brain, I called him the brain <laughs> on the, in the review. I was like, who, the, it was just Axel and a bunch of wannabes. Oof. I can't believe I said that, but I was like, but, but the brain uh, and, and, and Robin Fink, they, they proved themselves. And I was, I still, I complimented it on the heels of that weird, almost like wannabes was like, that was a, I don't feel good about saying that, <laughs> but if I, but that's not even the most cringy thing, guys. This is another episode. If you, if you read the things about like that I wrote about girls when I was in my early twenties, oh my god. Oh, I'm ha- I'm haunted. Cringe deluxe. So uh, I'm scared to look back at what I did at tw- like even two years ago. Like we actually even joke when we record episodes for um, Ep- Epic Footnote Productions this is the podcast that I co-host. By the way. I f- think I forgot to mention that, but I think you record, did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all this plug, I'm like, oh, I forgot the name, Epic Footnote. But we, we, me and my friend, we record episodes where like we try to think so far in advance, like, all right, is this going to age well? Because I've had so many things, just like tweets and Instagram posts, and I'm just scared to like look back at. Like the memories is like a haunting, like when you go on Facebook for the memories, I'm like, I don't, want, I don't know if I want to see this. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm I very know. thankful I missed that era at, at that age because it would just be awful. <laughs> I was I'm sure. 20. 324 when we started putting things on the internet and only somewhat ashamed of that those things <laughs> can you imagine if guns and roses like came out at the height of social media right. exactly so that's kind of like the point or you know we're, we're we're revisiting something that maybe we shouldn't be revisiting but let's do it anyway <laughs> you know so because i i wonder what i would have written if i was it the very next day that they were in Philadelphia, or yeah. was it two days? At? It was two. I think the, it was the very, the next, very day. next day. It was, it was December sixth. Yeah, it was a Friday. Okay, so it was December sixth, uh, two thousand and two. So again, re- imagine my review. I saw. I had a great experience, despite the blizzard, and it was a great experience. You guys, and then I, I'm reading so many other comments about fans who had tickets to following shows on that tour. Heartbreak. So. I don't know. Maybe let's let's start with the little kid. I want to get the little kid perspective because you're, oh, you're hey. yeah, yeah. The, the, not you now, not oh, you yeah. now. Even though you're the youngest, that's not what I meant. I went I, the the twelve year old Zach because I'm curious what your memories of a twelve year old was. That your first concert? Was? No, that was probably my fourth or fifth concert experience. Good for um, your parents. Yeah, oh, I think my parents, because they were ch- children of the 60s, so they loved the idea of going to concerts, even if it wasn't the band that they liked. Like, my first concert at seven was actually Alice Cooper, mm. um, and it was because of the Muppets, because I saw him, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, a human Muppet, and I resonated with him immediately. That's, great. That's um, great. And then I've seen you know a few sh- other shows after that, but Guns N' Roses was definitely a show that I dragged my dad to. It was me, two of my friends, and then their dads as well. Um, and I remember going in excited, and I was actually talking to my dad um, in preparation for this, just to see like what he remembered. And one thing that in hindsight that I remember is never being scared, which is, mm. I was very surprised because I figured I, cause I got scared seeing Bob Dylan and Paul Simon as a kid because of a weird fan experience. Um, that's another story, but okay, I really figured I was going to be like in that scenario, kind of like scared, but something about it was not exciting, but like, it was like, I because of the history of Axl Rose always being late or never, not even showing up, it was almost like, a, oh my God, I'm part of history. Oh, wow. At 12 is, years old, do you at have At 12 years old, I just okay. kind of like, I knew that this was crazy, like this was crazy. Um, 
And I think it also, I don't know if, if you two also remember this, but it, the craziness was happening inside the arena, but it almost felt as if, well, yeah, there's people like fighting and some, a little like mayhem and, you know, food being thrown around. I don't think anyone seemed surprised maybe because it happened in Vancouver a few, a few dates before, but it was almost like as soon as you got to the concession stands, there was a, a bunch of people going, oh, I should have seen this coming. Let me see if I can get my ticket. Re-. Like people are already prepared to call Ticketmaster for their money back. You know, let's, let's backtrack a little Sorry, bit. Sorry, but we're backtracking. No, no, you're fine. I, I'm, I'm just thinking uh, the way I, we should kind of like set it up because we don't want to just be like, bam, right. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, when we, so it was, I'm assuming it was the same. It was Mixmaster Mike who, who opened. Oh, so CKY. So it was CKY. Yeah, CKY. Right, CKY, then Mixmaster Mike, correct? Yeah. Who were, I mean, I love CKY now, but they were not ready for an arena. I were don't you, know if you guys saw that. Were one. you all there for all, like all at the beginning? Because yeah. not everyone like, shows up. We missed yeah, CKY. We, okay. Yeah, we showed up in much. the middle of Mixmaster Mike. <laughs> and saw him play for an hour. Remember, he had like those like inflatable things, yeah. like the yeah, the car dealership. Yep. So I, I, I guess yeah. When so Mixmaster Mike, I guess for even for me, when GNR took a while, was it he was going on for longer than expected? Is yeah. that what people were like? Well, what's actually, happening? Question for you, Brando. Did he at any point during when you saw him perform? Did he start playing hip hop music when you saw him at Madison Square Garden? Because to me, as soon as he started transitioning from playing rock songs into like legit hip hop songs. I'm like, all right, he's stalling. What's going on here? So I, I can, remember, I, sorry. I, I was, I was sitting above, like um, we were the first row of the upper deck on the side stage. Mm-hmm. And we, there was a guy in a little Guns N' Roses uh, cap telling him to keep going. And he kept looking back at him. Oh, so I really? Could, I could, I could see the soundboard guy and I could see the little uh, roadies. And this dude kept peeking his head through the curtain at Mixmaster Mike saying, keep going, keep going. After wow. he like 45 Where were minutes. you seated, uh, Iman? I was uh, the front row of the, the overhang on the side, like uh, on the, on, on the right left, where I think okay. would be. Oh, okay. And yeah. where were you seated, Zach? I was, I'm pretty sure I was either a row or two behind the soundboard, like in the crowd. Okay. So we so- were pretty center. Uh, to see it and actually my so the three me and my two friends had those seats and then my our dads letting us be cool teenagers sat like a few rows behind us and so we sat through mix master mike and we were like this is going on really long and then when we were waiting in between mix master mike and guns and roses we went up to see our dads and we started to notice they were covering the soundboard and it almost looked like they were packing it away the dude did he pulled the wires out like this covered it and ran yeah like yeah you you saw that yes Mm. Yeah, the, the soundboard on the side, not the middle. Oh, yeah. Like we, we were seeing like things were getting packed up and not just like it. Maybe in hindsight, they were just covering it because beer was being thrown. But it was like, all right, this, they look like they're actually packing up. This is not good. Sacha, where you, were you? Were you, uh, we, where we were, were you down on the, on the floor in the, like the folding chairs. I think we were maybe left of next to the soundboard, just kind of in the back. Um, the same thing. Like I remember. I don't remember exactly what song it was, but Mixmaster Mike kept going. We're like, this is going long. And like, people are getting mad. And then he started playing, he mixed in a Metallica song. I, I don't really, it might've been sad, but true. Um, that would have been kind of funny if it was actually the <laughs> song. But it was one of those black album era, era songs. And like, we're just like, 
Um, is he doing this to try to get the crowd back? Because this is like, you know, people are starting throwing stuff at this point. He was know? saying Axel's on his way. Axel's coming. He kept hinting yes, at he, that. Yeah. He did? Okay. Yeah. Which in hindsight, in. is always a bad sign when they have to yeah. have that. Do each of you have a certain memory? Because I, I think I asked this uh, during the St. Louis incident, like where it goes from just, um, you know, people getting angry. It's people experience that all the time, uh, especially now waiting in line, waiting outside, wearing masks, you know, muttering, whatever. But was there like the, the first something being thrown or the first guy you're looking at, like, you know, he had too much to drink. He's about to do something crazy. Like did anyone have that first moment before this was like, this is about to turn from just angry to dangerous. I don't know. Cause I think, um, Zach, I think you hit on it. It was just like this general feeling of disappointment. You know, it was people were trying to like take their frustrations out on stuff as we saw, but like everyone was pretty much self-contained. <laughs> All things considered. Yeah. I will say yeah. there was one fight incident I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember just cause it was a perfect heaven and hell montage in that there was this biker metal head looking guy in the lower sec, like the last row of the lower section and the, he was starting to fight with this preppy guy looking guy who was sitting in a box seat and they were like, like hockey position, getting ready to fight. And I remember seeing that as we were walking our way out. Cause I, I, I think pretty early on, we realized, all right, we need to get out of here before it gets too crazy. But I still just remember seeing this, like only at a Guns N' Roses show could jocks and metalheads collide. Like so we, kind of we felt pretty safe because we were in that upper deck and we watched, they started with the police on the bottom, on the floor, and they were rounding people up before they came up to us. And you could see people starting to fight, um, running from the cops, messing with them, and then starting to throw things at the equipment because the guys who manned the equipment just jetted. And then the riot police, you could hear the marching and they came mm. up to us and they got there just before people started kicking the, they were trying to do like they did in St. Louis, kick the arms off the chairs and throw metal. They got there just in time, and then they just started shoving us to get the hell out of there. And then they oh, shoved we us dumb. out to the street. We were just dumbasses, right? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you guys know um, Arm Cronin. He he's, uh, posts a lot on uh, Facebook page for the podcast. He's also a Buffalo Bills fan. So he'd come up, like, at the time, I was living in South Jersey, and he was living in Atlanta. So he flew up for the show. Like, oh, we were wow. both excited, like, we're going to go see Guns N' Roses. This is going to be great. And, you know, the Simpsons episode where, like, the uh, Homer's the barbecue and the pig goes airborne. It's like, it's just a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> we're like, we're like, Axel's going to come. He's going to save. It's going to be okay. And then, like, my other buddy's girlfriend, like, said to, like, my buddy, like, like, she finally got to a point where she was uncomfortable. And we're like, <laughs> you know, we're probably being dumbasses. About it's it. just we a little riot. It's still go. good. <laughs> It's just a little burning car. It's still good. It's it could still come. He could still show up. You can still see the, sit in that seat. It's just get the, the ashes off of it. It's fine. Just put out the fire. People forget how weird of an era that was and how hard it was to sell your friends on going to that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I, I was the biggest advocate, and I had to like prove to them like, no, this is going to be good. This and I felt the pressure of that because my friends mm-hmm. gave me fifty bucks each, and then they're like, I "Told you so." And then the whole yeah. Thing. And then having to like send people, write people checks and mean like, All yep. right, I got to, I got to pay this back and hope Ticketmaster gives me back my money. And just, yeah. it was, I had bought like uh, three shows worth for each. So I was out like all those convenience fees. And I was a, uh, I was, you know, struggling. 
And you had the hardcore, you had the great. hardcore fans, and then like the people that saw the VMA performance and going, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to play them tapes of like rock and Rio stuff. Like, no, no, it's good. Oh, man. It's but Robin, very Fink, true. He's, he's a great guitarist. Don't worry about Axel. You like Nine Inch Nails, right? It's gonna be. <laughs> but it's very true. I had. I think I. I went with my my third choice, the third person I asked who would want to see Guns N' Roses. And and so that's just, it's, it was it's, it was hard to be a fan back yeah. then. It was just message and, boards. That was and it. for oh so what I, it, it's just interesting. It's it's hard because what have we gotten? And what we're still going to talk about you know the experience and everything. But there was never any explana- explanation, right? No one came on the loudspeaker that said, uh, "I'm sorry, tonight's show is canceled." What was they did? They said, "Do they?" Like, did? I think I left early before that happened because I don't even recall hearing that. So they didn't do it until people started throwing things and the cops showed up at the bottom. They said, due to a health issue, tonight's show has been postponed. I can't remember if it was postponed or canceled, but they made that announcement a couple of times. And, and they called like it a health mechanic? issue? Yeah, health <laughs> issue. Okay. Like the airline tell you everything's a mechanical failure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just remember going into the, like, near the concession stand and there's already like groups of guys just like, on their phones going, oh, I'm hearing that he's still in New York City. He's watching the Lakers. Like the, already the rumors of him watching the Lakers game was going around in the arena. And it was like, you'd think that the anger would have like dripped into the concession stands. It was still just people like going, no, all right, let me call Ticketmaster to see what the deal is with ticket refunds and everything. Like, so it was like weird to like be in the concession stands and just a kind of calm, like businessmen going, oh, let me get my money back. Like, so I, I don't recall them making an announcement though, but yeah, we because we, we stuck around because we were like, well, we're safer here as it starts <laughs> bubbling up. And we so, went did out. you not want to leave then, Iman? You were kind of like, just uh, let's stay here until this yeah. all dies down. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's smart. Kinda, I kind of wanted to see what was happening too. And then it started getting violent around us. And then you just heard the go, 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 go. And they, they just showed up and just started pushing us really hard. And then by the time we got out, like all the, you could see the mayhem happening. There was just like a few stragglers on the floor. Um, like you said, the concessions, I remember like people were kind of calm as we were rounded up from the upper deck. And when we went outside, there was a guy who thought the show was over because it was like 1145. And he had all these uh, tie-dye axle shirts with the <laughs> And this dude came up and punched him and oh, took man. all the shirts and threw those in a fire. <laughs> oh my God, really? So yeah, you, needed a, you were 15 minutes away from a little bit of me. we got to get the hell out of here because the helicopters started showing up with the spotlight. And yeah, we got in our friend's SUV and just like waited in line and people yelling and screaming. That was probably the scariest part because that was unpredictable where all these drunk people were just sitting in line. Right. I I haven't said the cliche thing of what, you know, it's Philadelphia. They they threw what uh, snowballs at Santa Claus at an Eagles mm-hmm. game. They throw batteries at at, at at Philly's game. So I mean, this is. I, I said this during the St. Louis episode. St. Louis people, not the Philadelphia people, are you know. I don't want to cast you a much of an expression, but St. No, Louis, no, very nice. You know, Montreal, the Canadians. They're not going to hurt anybody. Uh, but, but but Philadelphia, it's like oh my man. So what like what were you I guess hearing? Uh, I guess especially Zach, like you weren't scared at all being twelve. Was your friends? Weirdly enough, no. I mean, I can't recall how scared my friends were, but I think part of it also is that like my dad, who also surprisingly wasn't that scared. We kind of just like we left pretty early. We missed the T-shirt bonfire apparently. And I, I actually think we the two of us were joking, going like, "Huh, this is actually pretty easy to get out of the parking lot as fast as we did," because it's normally a disaster even on a good concert night to get out of that parking lot so we got out pretty fast and it really like 
in hindsight, no, we didn't really hear much about too many fights. Like we saw a few, you know, chairs lit on fire, maybe like inside the arena, but not even like for Philadelphia, you'd kind of expect more to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, that's why i'm a little we were, shocked no, we were it's we not were actually the riot no it's we not were the gnr riot we were no. very well behaved all things considered <laughs> for philadelphia but i at 12 years old i think it was just more so shocked that wow it actually happened the infamous axel rose no show actually happened at a show that i was at did your dad um, need to pull you aside and ex- explain anything to you or you just got it? Like, no, I think we, no, he, I understood like what was going on. I think I had to explain to him like, oh yeah, this happens. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> then why did we spend this much money? Like, no, like I think it was just the two of us kind of like shocked going, there's no way this could happen. Could it really? Like, I don't really recall us being scared or angry. It was just more so, all right, we're already in the car. We're safe, but just like, wow, that actually happened. So where know. were you, so Satya, where were you when this was? Because we're getting, you know, Zach, he's a brave little uh, 12, 12 year old who is small, smart to get out. Apparently. Iman is just like, he's just absorbing it all. He's just yeah. watching the I world my burn. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you're watching the world burn. You, you're getting show one way or another. <laughs> Satya, where, so where were you when this was uh, starting to happen? Like, what did uh, you see around you? Let's see. We eventually, after he decided to stop being dumbasses and head to the concourse, that's when we saw somebody like break a, break window or something somebody punched a security guard i think i think that was time there's a couple of people bleeding and everyone was just pretty much like for the most part just trying to leave and then we got outside and of course we saw a t-shirt fire like I said, and we were also sitting on folding chairs so somebody was left with their chair and we we're just looking at it. we actually i actually had the thought like man i should have taken that taken my chair mm-hmm. and like it's probably better they didn't and it's just like, just, just, just general theme of feeling disappointed. It was, it was more disappointment than like, we're going to die. Yeah. And I also remember when we came in and parked, we, we saw the dude selling nitrous balloons in the park, in the parking lot. Then we were leaving, same dudes were there, but then like, we could hear like more balloons being popped in the, in the, in the distance. So that was actually more like, Okay, is that, is that is everything that was in there now coming out to the parking lot? Maybe we just need to get out of here. You know, it was like that, just like that. And everyone just gets in the car and just feels just like disappointed. It's I disappointment was definitely the theme. Like, but just mm-hmm. you thought it's it's kind of it's it's it was less scary, which is kind of like funny. Like this is actually happening. Like I don't know how to process any of this right now, and. Maybe I need to go watch the news later. I don't know. Like, or maybe I need to go get, get home so we can log on to the message board and you know, <laughs> check in. Because you know there were people that you know once you know. However, news traveled back then. Yeah, a lot right. of people that were knew that you were going to the show, so you you do need to check. It. You can't just look right. at your phone and text yeah. them. You just need to get back, log on to the message board, and be like, "Hey, we're back. We're safe." And either on the message board or AO one instant messenger and or whatever, and just. Like I remember my one buddy, he, he was like, everybody was going to crash at my, my place that night. He was just like, I'm going to go home. Like, this is just, this sucks. Uh, I'm like, All right. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Thanks for driving. <laughs> oh. it, it's just like, what the, you don't, you don't Especially think the you're mystic- ever going to be in it. <laughs> It's almost like more yeah. awesome to say I was at an Axel, uh, Axel Rose no show 
than getting to go to a Guns N' Roses show itself. It's like a badge of honor. It's like, I, I experienced this. It's rare. It's not that rare as we've all this, you know, there's so many instances, but it's kind of a shared con- like camaraderie. Like, oh, we did this together. We experienced a Guns N' Roses riot together. You all share the same pain. You're in some sort of club. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Because again, I don't know how I would have felt if my first experience was to, because I, I kept, it was like the groundhog. I'm like, am I going to see him? Is he going to go back into his hall? Like, I didn't real, I didn't think it was going to happen until I saw that it did happen. And then the, the next night, even I had a process that that the, the 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 whole tour was canceled the night after. And I'm like, I just saw him. I may, we may never see Axl Rose again. That's how how we kind of felt. So how do you how do you how do you process it now? Because I mean, at the time, it's not cool. Now you could be like, oh, we're part of this club. This Axl Rose you know, uh, Guns N' Roses uh, Riot Club. But now, I mean, do you process any differently? Because there are people in St. Louis that are still bitter. There, there are people in Montreal that are, st- that are still bitter. Are any of you guys still I bitter? Remember, no, I remember a couple of things. I remember going to uh, one of the MSG shows in 2006 and just, like, it was cool, but, like, that excitement or joy they had in 2002 just wasn't there. It was like... Mm. All right, I'm here. There's, you know, actual sounds good. It's great, you know, but it just wasn't the same. And then in 2016, I was in Vegas and you hear about the broken leg and all that. And you're just like, it's easy when I just had to drive across the river and shit doesn't happen, right? I mean, I pull all the way to Vegas and you're just like, is this not, is this not, is this like, it's just like, is this gonna not happen now? Then you realize, oh no, we're working through things. You're like, all right, this is definitely a different band now, and everybody's mm-hmm. everybody at fifty is different than they are at forty <laughs> or thirty-five, or whatever. I, I'm with you. Like, it was just, it was a lame riot because it was so depressing. <laughs> I remember everyone around us talking. It really about, was. They were like expecting it. Like they're like, he's not showing. I'm like, no, no. It's coming. I saw it on the internet. It's it's gonna happen. Saw it on the internet. <laughs> and, and so I was just I was kind of pissed off about it for a while and I disconnected from the message boards. Uh I used to be on GNR forum and my GNR and here today and I used to be really active and I just disconnected for a couple of years and a Velvet Revolver played like the month after I moved to St. Louis, went to that show and I just kinda of tried to move on. And then 06 happened and uh they got me again, like a bad drug, you know, and I went to the <laughs> Hammerstein shows and I was like, all right. And then that Hammerstein show, he didn't come on until about midnight, which was frightening for me. I, I actually was at one of the, which, which Hammerstein show were you at? The Mother's Day and the one after. Oh, you went to two. I got to go to the one, oh, I'm blanking on the date, but there's the one that Izzy Stratlin made us. I, that was the one I missed. That was the last yeah. one. And honestly, I actually, I think I only stuck around for like maybe seven or eight songs because they came on so late and I had to go back yeah. home. But I was like, you know what? I got to see Izzy and Axel on the same stage play Think About You, which already was cool. I'm like, I don't need to say anything else. That was incredible right there. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, sorry. I just remembered. Um, so 2004, right? This is uh, June 2004. Maybe it was a week or so before contraband came out and so i'm seeing velvet revolver at the electric factory oh i love that venue um, man and like you know we're upstairs because we want to drink and um we're like you know hanging on the railing and you know after a while like there's a big axle sucks chant just happening and like everyone's just kind of like everybody's just joining in because i don't even know if people cared but everybody was just kind of cathartic and slack was kind of like 
like calmed everybody down. He's like, <laughs> you know, I think it's like kind of like a half, like kind of apologizing, but like he's not responsible for what happened or whatever. <laughs> just kind of like everybody got got it out of their system, mm. and they kicked in whatever song they kicked in the next, and everybody was just like, "All right, we're back," yeah. you know, because <laughs> you have no closure. Right. Yeah. And the, the closure, because brain has spoken about it a little bit on this podcast. I think he was like, all of a sudden it's done. And because uh, clear channel, uh, what is now iHeart, they were, I guess, running because they do events and stuff. They were right. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't at the company. I was too young. I was uh, in college <laughs> at the time. So I, I have no idea. And I think that's what Axel blamed it on. But it's just or he says that I think there was one quote that he says he might have part of the blame, but it was never yeah. elaborated on. So yeah, it's just, I think it's all the lack vague. of. It's the lack of closure, I think, not to say not to say like, you know, shame on you or to get mad at him again, but just be like, what what happened? Because we're hearing so many different stories of, you know, young little Zach, you know, Iman's <laughs> first show, you know, such is like traveling like a million miles to get there. I mean, it's so difficult to all these different stories. It's not just the simple of just, oh, show is canceled. I mean, yeah, thankfully, like the other riots, none of you are hurt. You know, yeah. I, it's a shame that you saw some people forgetting fights and stuff, but thankfully nobody was killed. We got yelled at. Exactly. We, we got were, yelled at. Uh, yeah. How, so what we, is that being, uh, what is that like being uh, yelled at by the riot police? So as the biggest advocate for Guns N' Roses and Axel um, with my friends, I had us go to KFC on the way to the show, which is why we missed CKY. Mm. And we got a bucket. Of, we got buckets for our heads. Nice. And I remember the lady at KFC. She's like, what's a bucket head? <laughs> so my friend got a big bucket he really got chicken we had to buy the chicken and it was super cold i remember he, he used that bucket to put on his head and he just had steam coming off his head as we walked into the venue and he was eating was the there something away. in between the bucket and his head no or was it chicken uh, grease? just <laughs> grease <laughs> so he was already having a bad night yeah, well, he was having a good time. That's how he is. And uh, so when the riot started, when everything was going down, people around us started chanting at, chanting at us to throw our bucket, throw your bucket. Started <laughs> surrounding us a little bit. So we took them and just chucked them down to the floor. And people caught them down there and just ripped them apart. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And uh, <laughs> Wow. I also, I was uh, trying to get rid of that one ticket. And I was like, did anybody want to buy this ticket? And this cop, he's like, hey, Buckethead, get over here. And he put me in the back of his car and he threatened to arrest me for scalping. Oh, oh man. My, my bucket. He's like, I'll let you off. You tell me why you're wearing a bucket on your head. So <laughs> it, it worked out. So I like he called you Buckethead without calling you <laughs> Buckethead. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> That's incredible. Buckethead with a small B. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Well said. Well said. That was oh, the most wow. danger we had. I mean, that that's still that's insane. They just you zeroed will, us, zeroed in it. on us because we were we were just three dudes in KFC buckets. He thinks probably thought you were you know drunk jerks. You know why are they doing that? And Buckethead. <laughs> oh, this cop likes Guns and Roses. Oh no, he's just calling me a jackass. Okay, I got. <laughs> I had to pull out the PowerPoint to explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> what time did everyone? You couldn't pull up your an image on right. your phone to be like, no, that's the guitarist. You had to. I got my Kyocera here. <laughs> so Zach, obviously you were with your dad, so you know everything. Everything was going to be like all right. So like, Ema, when you got home, was there anyone like, you know, was your mom worried about you? Like, how did you communicate to the world after like what you experienced? I remember going dad to the experience. forums and nobody knew anything. And then I had taken the week off work 
to go to all these shows. And I just drove back and went to work and sulked. I was like, that, oh. that sucked. Then I got laid off two weeks later. Oh. But it all worked out. It, it worked out. All right. It was a dark, right. dark time. Dark time. But <laughs> my, my mom, she asked, she's like, how was the show? I was like, there was no show. And I just talked about it like that. Oh, okay. Kind of like Satya was saying. <laughs> I was just like, what are you going to do? Because it wasn't like... Um... Because I'll ask him, maybe you can tell me something similar or different. Like, was your family like watching the news and they see riot at a concert tonight? And they're like, oh, my baby boy's there. What's happening? Did anything like, ha- like that happen? No, I mean, I was 25 okay. and living on my own. So they, like, they didn't even, didn't even know I was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> they <laughs> barely reported it. Nobody, the news didn't really report on it. Mm. They I don't think it was until the next day when they officially canceled the tour that anyone even realized outside of like the Philadelphia area what had happened. Because they were still advertising the DC show the next day. And I, being the nerd I am, I called 98 Rock Baltimore and I'm like, they're not playing, it's over. <laughs> and to, to, they gave me Aerosmith tickets to thank me. So that was. Yeah. Oh, oh, I wow. think I could have gotten, I think I could have gotten tickets to go to like the Scranton Wilkes-Barre show like the next day. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Oh, do you remember they were selling Philly those for half price? So I, I was about to say, yeah, say the mo- flyers, right? The yeah. I still have that orange flyer. <laughs> One of my most prized possessions is the flyer because they were, I mean, they had added a second show to Philadelphia. Obviously, it wasn't selling that well because everyone who wanted to go was going to that first night. It was going to be at the Spectrum instead of the first Union Center. And it was like $10, you know, tickets exclusively for you who are attending the show. And I still have that flyer. I'm like, man, it's a flyer for a show that never happened. Like, I still wow. like... It's a priceless. Is item. it in your room right now? In your facility? It's not. You know what? I do have an image I can pop up. Doesn't that oh. make you wonder what they knew? They were out there selling those things half price. They were like just all over. The <laughs> well, that's the show was like it was almost like this was the last the camel that broke the the, um, the straw that broke the, the camel's back. The straw that broke the camel. <laughs> the camel that broke the person's back. As, yeah, that, that yeah. So this was oh, look flyer. <laughs> okay, fancy. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the jungle. Gross. Guns and roses. Uh, it has even like, like the Chinese democracy you. like font. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, it does, and it uh, even it looks like more of like the uh, the, the rush hour two font. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would like to thank you for coming out tonight's sold out show. Come back Sunday night for ten dollars. Can you imagine a, that? Would, like, that would happen today? No, oh, Jesus. Not. Actually, $10? no. Yes, it would because I remember. Um, I don't know if anyone else here is a huge fan of um, like Rage Against the Machine or Prophets of Rage, but like they, I went to see Prophets of Rage and they were giving tickets away for that show for free. They're different. I'm I talking know. about with Guns N' Roses. I'm talking Fair about. A, <laughs> <laughs> You're and, right. Nowadays you can you, know, you can't even get a convenience charge for ten dollars. Yeah, I'm them. talking about like you know Kiss 2.0, you know G, <laughs> GNR, and I hate to say it because even back then I think the shirt I, I'm wearing right now was ninety bucks. This is actually the bandana that I. I got a bunch of things because I was like, I'm witnessing history. I need to have five yep. like artifacts to prove that I was yeah. here. I'm and I was right because the whole thing went to yeah. shit the, the night after. Yeah, this is the shirt I got at the Philly show. Oh, I, I like that's actually a cool shirt. Ooh, yeah. I like your shirt better. Jeez, I've worn that's out the trade. collar a little bit. I got a shirt at the Hammerstein. Me show, too, but I didn't get. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get. Uh, I don't know why I didn't get anything at the Philly show. I don't know why. I think it was thirty five bucks. It was a bargain. It was pretty decent <laughs> for Guns and Roses. Yeah. They had this one, and they had the one with bullet holes in it, and it said, I survived Philadelphia. <laughs> How appropriate. Oh, this God. one says I Chinese democracy starts now. Oh. So that was, that's always been my uh, gag about it starts now. You know? <laughs> so that, it, this clearly didn't deter you 
from seeing them again. Cause I, I think it was, it was Jim Brewer who said on the show that he was going to go to one of the shows and that when they canceled and he, it just burned him for years. I think and, and, the, leaks, it, the leaks really helped to get me back into it when better leaked and there was a time in IRS. I was like, okay, I can get into this. And things started to really seem like they were really happening. And he seemed like a happier guy. Like he had gone away for a while and figured something out. So like 06 had much more hope where 02 was kind of weird and mysterious and dark. He also mm-hmm. looked like he was in such good, like even just yeah. like when you saw him, he looked, he looked and sounded so good. Like even like, it, it still astonishes me how 2002, Axl Rose, he looked a little out of breath. 2006, so in shape. And then in 2010, he looked even more out of shape. Like something happened within like the span of 10 years. Life. We, we yeah, don't know. True. Hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, we'll find out details of that in his uh, autobiography that may or may not come out this, uh, oh, this lifetime. Oh. Can I throw a, let me throw a nugget out and see if you guys remember. All right. Give me a nugget. Robinfink.com. He used to post images after each 2002 show. Do you remember this? No. Robinfink.com. It was like, this is 2001, 2002. And he used to, he would take you on tour with him. He was into photography. And I remember like Chicago, he put a KFC bucket. I'm hearing some feedback from somebody, so I don't know if someone put their uh, speakers up. But I don't remember this at all. So, so the site's gone. I can't find the image. There was a rumor on the rumor the message boards. He put a KFC bucket on a bear in Chicago, and they're like, oh, him and Buckethead are fighting. Then after the Philly show, he had an image up there for like three days. And it was like a, this is all mental because <laughs> it's nowhere to be found. But it was like a playing card, like a joker or a queen. And it had an upside down crown and it said Axel upside down. And he had that up. That was like, we talked about that for a few days and nobody remembers this thing except me. And it bugs me. Cause well, was- I'll put it out there to the GNR universe. If any of you have any idea what Iman is talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this band is so great. It's like watching an episode of lost just with yep. rock, rock stars, all these clues every time I, you talk yeah. about them and revisit things. Um, yeah, it's like, just you insane. Say that, I'm thinking I'm like, oh, is it a reference to you know King Nothing by Metallica? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one had a ton of little message. Normally, it was some goofy picture of something from the city, or you throw a KFC bucket in there, and then this one was just weird abstract art. It was Chris Pittman before Chris Pittman. You know, the, <laughs> the tweet, the tweet incident. Yeah. For the, um. So, is there anything from either any of you about that? experience that we haven't spoken about something that you want to um you know kind of relive and, and share or do we touch on everything you think i think just personally it is astonishing that i it made me want to actually go to your point like it didn't scare you away from going to a guns and roses show again i think if anything it made me even more interested in going to concerts itself like the idea of like a, well this is just proof that if i don't act fast enough to see my favorite band i might not ever get to see them again and even just the idea of 2006 Guns N' Roses, like when they just announced those Hammerstein Ballroom shows, no one had any clue if they were going to do more arena shows. No one had any clue about even the albums that were going to come out. And that's kind of always been like kind of like the sadistic <laughs> appeal of Guns N' Roses is that like, well, you don't know until you, 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 if you don't go, then you're not going to know what you're going to miss out on. So I think that's just, I, I'm not bitter about it just because that's kind of part of the fun of Guns N' Roses. You're never going to know, even to this day. Yeah. They're so unpredictable. 2016, going to Vegas, that was the same 
thing for me. Like, a, you know, we had a newborn in January of 2016. And then, you know, again, Aram like texts me. He's like, hey, I got, I got your ticket to go to Vegas. He's like, I understand if you can't go, but, you know, talk to my wife about it. And she's like, you don't know. <laughs> like, you don't know if this is going to last, you know, like you're clearly obviously excited that, you know, Slash and Duff are back in the band and everything. Like, you got to go. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know. I, have you noticed like, over the years? Oh, a good I, woman right there. Yeah. <laughs> Even, it's like the camaraderie between the fans gets better and better. Like, oh, two, I didn't mm-hmm. have anyone to hang out with. We didn't hang out. Everyone's, we're kind of weirdos. Oh, <laughs> six, there were like some people who went to New York and had fun together. And when I went to another show on that tour, but like, there weren't like meetups. But then like, you get into that, that, 16 era and it just changed and now it's just like a whole different world and you have us who kind of live through and work through issues of the old weird times and then you have people who are from the 90s and it's just it's a cool mishmash now when you have the reunion shows because you get all these different generations of fans who entered it entered in at just odd times the o2 era enterers are my favorite because it's just the weirdest time hearing those stories is it so it sounds like we all saw to them since 2016 I don't know about you guys, but I also got emotional seeing them. I, I was very far away in MetLife Stadium, um, but even just seeing Slash and Axel like walk past each other, you would have thought I was a twelve-year-old at a Backstreet Boys concert, just cheering like, "Oh my God!" They looked at each other like it. Just going through everything that we as fans of Guns N' Roses have been through, through the false starts of the album releases, through whether he was going to come to a concert or not, or even show up on time, let alone at all. It, those kind of, like, I, I felt very emotional. It was almost like, all right, I had every reason to stay true to Guns N' Roses, and here's the big payoff. Uh, getting to see Duff slash an axle on stage. It, was, it made it even more special to me. I think it's also, you know, it's, the music's great. They're all great musicians. I mean, they're all mm-hmm. playing better than I think they have in years. But the fact that they're able to heal like their relationships, I mean, that's the that's the big story. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think that's what gets everybody is that you get to see something you never thought. I mean, hell, I mean, Rock and Rio three, right? Axel makes a comment about unlike the Oasis, Gallagher brothers, we just couldn't get along. I mean, look at Guns N' Roses and look at Oasis now. Yeah. I thought that yeah. six, 16 St. Louis show was the highlight of the emotional for me. I'd lived in St. Louis for a bunch of years at that point. And there's just, it was kind of like proving the naysayers wrong for once after all the O2 and the people who didn't really pay attention to what was going on. And they nailed that show. Like I felt like he put a special effort into it. I was down there in the front row with guys I'd met at the meetup the night before. Um, guy couldn't speak any English. He could just say rock and roll. And I mm-hmm. stood by him all night and it was awesome. He's from Argentina, and like that—that that was my favorite favorite show ever. And Rob or um, Richard Fortas just played his heart out because he finally got to play to St. Louis, and yeah, right, right, hometown boys. See, yeah. this is a this is beautiful. This is this is what I want. This is what the Paul <laughs> the podcast is about, and exactly what you all of you were talking about. You know, the memories of of the music. You know, understanding the relationship with the members. You know, it's not just your favorite band getting back together. These are guys that hated each other. They're, they seem to be healed. You know, that's something that is a major part of their life. And meeting all these fans from different parts of the world who sometimes don't speak English or the same yeah. language that you speak. They only speak rock and roll, but they speak the language of, of uh, Guns N' Roses. 
Well, that's that pre, matters. That, that pre-party for Vegas 16, do you remember that in the pavilion? Just how many people from different countries were there? It was awesome. Oh. I mean, we've got people from Sweden, Chile, Argentina, Brazil. They're all. So I, yeah. I, I do my best to have that here in the podcast. <laughs> I know we're all yeah. kind of in, 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 in our hearts in Philadelphia for this episode, but we've all different countries and all different parts of the world. And uh, as, as we kind of, wrap up this uh this year this episode you know that's what's been uh wonderful one of the highlights of this of this year was interviewing susan holmes mckagan and that interview went so viral all these different languages translating that interview was just amazing and to think you know as i just said the top of the episode i'm looking at my live journal entry as a fan talking about 2002 the first time i'm seeing them and i'm interviewing this year you know people like uh, Susan McKagan, uh, Scott Stav, Rob Halford, uh, Dave Nustain. So that's all out there. That's the best stuff that's out there. But this, you guys got to be part of the last official episode of 2020. And I want to do this going forward. I want to have fans on more. So this is part three of the Riot series, I guess. But I, <laughs> what's left? Is there Argentina Riot? What 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 other riots? Were there, I'm trying to blank if there's even riots after the film. I mean, were there? There was no um, shows? T- Tacoma, Washington was the. Or, that's right. Or no, they played Tacoma. Was it Vancouver? It was Vancouver. No, well, Vancouver so, was before. The, oh, that's that's a Vancouver riot. I have to. That's right. Okay, so next yeah. one, I gotta have to find people that were in Vancouver. Because that was the first 2002 show, and the promoter canceled it because they didn't believe Axel was going to show up. Is what Axel said. Okay, so, I actually right. feel like I'm sorry to keep dragging on this, but I almost would have been more annoyed if I was at the Vancouver No Show because the tour continued. Yeah, with us, it's like no. Well, okay. So we know and I've gotten to see a show, but all these other cities aren't going to get it either. Like we were like, we were not just part of a, a no show and Axel's just going to the next city. Like something really bad happened yeah. to <laughs> cancel everything. So that made it even more historic to be a part of. One of these days, I, I hope to find somebody who has the inside information uh, about that. Um, and we'll be listening. We'll figure it out. But, but so as I just put, I put out about the Philadelphia show and thank you to all three of you, Zach, Satya and Iman for volunteering to uh, share your Philadelphia riot story. There were others I, I couldn't, I had to say no. I mean, I just don't want to have, uh, you know, like it's a uh, Hollywood squares where I have like 12 people on here. <laughs> it's, it's too much. It's too much. So I think uh, a four people max, no, unless I get Guns N' Roses on. It, it's, <laughs> but four people I don't max. think, I don't think the three of us would be talking. We'd just be like, Oh my God. Ah, Slash is here. Oh my God. <laughs> But it's it's just wonderful as I get to share these. You guys get to share these memories with me in, in uh, you know the AFD world. Um, it's just kind of like me as a GNR fan reading again my live journal entries from so many years ago, and this year, which is just concluding in such a wonderful way, spending it with you guys, who all three of you have contacted me privately prior to this of just stuff about the podcast, words of support. You have no idea how much. Now I can tell you this face to face. I say thank you in each episode. You know, probably to all three of you at some point when you submitted a question to me for. So thank you to all three of you. Thank you. Uh, let me say yeah. it face to face and everybody else who listens to it and supporting because there's no way I would get to interview, you know, people, um, you know, like Doug Goldstein or uh, the Harry Shear this year to, without you listening. If it was just me talking into a microphone, into a, you know, uh, talking to nobody, then uh, this this wouldn't last. So. 2020 is wrapped up 2021. I kind of want to get, uh, let's wrap up here with your predictions because uh, are there predictions for next year? Cause next year is the 30th anniversary of 
right? User illusion. Are we going to get a box oh, set? Oh, geez, it is. Also, I mean, obviously Guns N' Roses were supposed to tour. So we know they're going to tour. They did announce dates in Australia and New Zealand who seem to have the virus under control. So I guess that is okay to, I guess, plan that far ahead. Um, so I guess, what's your prediction as far as, are there going to be dates in closer to us? Let's <laughs> just say that I was about to say in the States, but are there going to be dates, other dates maybe that we can go to? Um a new album, obviously, and uh, and yeah. So I guess one, let's let's go let's go around uh, Sadia. What, what do you predict? Guns N' Roses twenty twenty one. Nothing or something. What do we got? Something. I think there's gonna. I I'm gonna. I think there's gonna be new music. I don't think no. It's gonna be like a digital release because I was thinking you know it'd be such a Guns N' Roses thing to play a show and then drop new music on iTunes during the show, like as they're playing a the song. Well, that would be creative. I mean, You're not tell anybody, just be like, oh, it's here. You know, I mean, Rush did it. Rush started doing that when they went away from albums and started just doing songs one by one or something. Like, it would totally crack me up. Like, Guns was playing like a new song and like it just showed up on all the streaming services and downloads and everything. They would be clever. I'll tell you something. When they tweeted yesterday, um, Merry Christmas for a split second, I thought they were giving us a gift of something. That would have been so cool. I mean, the, uh, the, the artwork was cool. You know, the GNR logo Christmas-fied, but uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, Iman, uh, 2021 from GNR, something or, or nothing? Breadcrumbs. We're going to get breadcrumbs. We're going to get, like, a song or two, because I, I just can't see them putting together a full length. I think a song or two? It. That's that's more than breadcrumbs, I I'll, think. I'll, I'll, I'll take the crumbs, you know, like the shadow of your love being attached to the appetite box set. I think we're going to get something like that, but it might be hard school or one of these other titles that have floated around. I think they'll revisit something and maybe they'll give us something like, like how they did. I mean, what was it? Vel revolver did um, set me free before they did the record. I can see them doing something like that, like getting a movie track. Yeah. They did uh set me free and money, I believe. Yeah. Like the the job and Hulk. Yeah. yeah. But I think we'll get a couple things. I just, I just, I don't know if we're ever going to get another full length album from them. I just thought the opportunity for a movie deal would have been with uh, Arnie again when uh, yeah. Terminator came back. I mean, just yep. that was that was it. But all right, uh, Zach, what do you feel? Twenty twenty one, something or nothing? What was yeah, that, Sachin? I'm sorry, you said something. They're gonna make a sequel to End of Days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, hey! Oh my God! Did you see uh, Vegas? Really? A reunion for uh, Kindergarten Cop? Kindergarten Cop? They, they, oh, <laughs> I did see. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, all the kids are growing up, and it was like a, it was like this. It was like a Zoom call, um, and Arnold just showed up. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you got? Something or nothing next year, Zach? You know, uh, normally I love to like make predictions and to and to you know theorize what they could or should do, but the thing that and I think as we even discussed the, during this podcast is that the thing about Guns and Roses is that they're always unpredictable, even when they start doing things that make sense you just don't know what is going through Axel's mind. Every time you think, well, this is a great time to release Chinese democracy, it doesn't happen. Or, well, this is, you know, makes no sense for them to tour right now. They tour. And I think the fact that also with the world in such craziness right now of COVID that nothing's predictable, it only adds more uncertainty. I, would I love to hear new music? Sure, absolutely. Would I love to see them live again? Sure, but I just... You never say never of Guns N' Roses. And I, I think that also kind of helps right now too, is that the less I expect from them, the happier I will be 
with whether it's just breadcrumbs or a full meal. Well, you guys certainly had a, a certain bar set being a part of that that Philadelphia riot, and all of every listener has been a part. Of, I mean, that's that's a that's a scary thing. It, it, you're going to a concert. I mean, at the very least, you just want to see your band play and not have violence break out. But I'm, I'm grateful that none of you got hurt, that you all can look back on this, uh, that moment and kind of laugh about it and had po- positive experiences uh, since then. Uh, so let me just, uh, I guess, wrap up uh, here because I always ask, I always ask this. Uh, Satya, I always keep saying wrapping up, but I want to get more information. because It's the end of the year and I'm excited. I haven't done an episode in a while. Uh, Satya, favorite GNR song? If you can name one and memorabilia. And I'm going to ask the same question of Iman and Zach. Oh, it depends on the day. Um, That's fine. Sweet child of mine. Okay. Today. Um, probably um, a t-shirt from Vegas. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Iman, do you have a favorite uh, song today and a piece of uh, memorabilia? November Rain. Uh, that was the song that just inspired me to get into music like learning music, learning how to play piano, learning, starting a band. It was, it, I thought it was like so cool. A, a rock band could make an epic song like that with all the, in the video and the glitz and glam. It was just kind of cool. Um, memorabilia. When I moved, first moved to St. Louis, I worked with a guy whose dad was one of the arresting officers for the riot when he flew back into LA and he gave me the police report. Oh, wow. For that. So I've got that's like, awesome. that's a cool little, piece i got is like a welcome gift from this guy is that so. shareable is that illegal is that legal <laughs> it's i posted it on my instagram but i blocked out all the um i posted it like seven years ago without any hashtags or anything if you go way down in there you'll see it i blocked out like his uh social and all that stuff. yeah if oh, you get funny if you can upload it again with the, like the, they do it in co- the government all the time it's redact everything you know yeah. <laughs> Something needs to be redacted. Redacted. It's got. It's got. I think the address is his lawyer's office, so it's not oh. too personal. Is, I mean, is there anything funny on it? Like, uh, it says, or is it? Is there just boring paperwork? It's boring paperwork. Okay. But it's okay. like. It's just. Eh, well, it's, it's great to have, regardless. Yeah, I just, okay. you know. Uh, Zach, was that the piece of memorabilia that you showed before? Oh yeah, the, the piece of memorabilia. It's going to have to be the the flyer to the show that never happened. Um, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sh- I, I know it's, pr- you know, not worth anything, but it's just still so cool to have that songs. Uh, so for the podcast that I co-host um, Epic Footnote, we do a series where we have to name the three best of something. So I'm going to go with three songs. Sorry, I just okay. can't pick one. That's fine. Um, but November Rain, because as we talked about earlier, just that video and the guitar solo, I mean, it's still the best guitar solo ever. And I'll fight anyone to that, too. Like, it's just... It's such a classic song. Were you involved in the riot too, a twelve-year-old? You ready maybe. to fight? Maybe. <laughs> it was too All I'm it. saying is maybe my dad shouldn't give me matches. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so November Rain for sure. Uh, I also have to go with Night Train just because it's such. I mean, when you want to, that's such a great rock song. It's so good. And then the final one, Sweet Child of Mine, just because it was the first one of the first songs I learned on guitar. To the point that, I mean, whenever I played it, it would make my mom cry. because like, oh, my little boy, he's learning how to play guitar. And actually, when I got married, um, that was the song that me and my mom danced to, Sweet Child of Mine. Um, we weren't expecting the DJ to play the entire song. So, like, by the second verse, we're like, oh, crap, he's playing. This is a long song. Oh. We don't have anything rehearsed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, it's six minutes. Um, did your mom do the snake dance at all? Oh, we both did. Like, where do we go? 
Where do nice. we go from here? Um, so I, I have a lot of personal attachments to Sweet Child of Mine, and it's it's a classic. When you hear that riff, that intro, you know what it is. Good, great. Well, Satya, Zach, Iman, all three of you are bad apples. <laughs> I got the button set up. I got, I, I'm at home, but I got I got the button set up. Oh, crazy. <laughs> 2020, what a shit show. Uh, Let's just be done with it. 2021, first and foremost, I mean, I want everyone to be be healthy. It's been a hard year for so many people in in, in a variety of ways. Um, I've been very grateful because I've been able to do this. You know, uh, thankfully, I can do my other jobs from home, podcasts from home. All of you, the three of you, the rest, whoever else is listening to the sound of my voice has helped me cope with this year being stuck. Uh, in this apartment because I feel like I'm not stuck. I'm talking to Guns N' Roses fans around the world every day. And it's just amazing. So 2021, I expect only more of the same, if not better. So thanks to, to everybody listening for this uh, GNR uh, Six Degrees, uh, GNR Bacon of a podcast, uh, whatever I stupid <laughs> word I come up with it, right? Uh, what's to come? I think next guest we're probably going to have, a, I'll, I'll tell you guys, uh, Mark Ford, former Black Rose, who was, almost, was almost in Guns N' Roses. Right, he was like, going to be in Guns N' Roses, or was who wasn't be? almost in Guns N' Roses? Though. I know, That's right? The other question. All right, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure that out. I know Roberta Freeman wants to come back on. Uh, she wants to bring the the original lead singer of Anthrax with her. We'll oh, Neil Turpin. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I said like, whoa. So what's his uh, six degrees of GNR Bacon? And she's like, he knows me. <laughs> so that's literally what she said I'm like okay alright fine why am I going to argue with Roberta Freeman <laughs> and we'll see and, and you know what I, shame on me for waiting until the end of this year to talk to, to you to all three to you three to other fans who came on this uh, show to, to talk whether, whether it's riots or other GNR events let's do more of these fan episodes and kind of panel uh, going forward because I think it's going to be a good time so that does it for this episode. That does it for this year of Appetite for Distortion. What is to come in the future? Well, in the words of Axel Rose, once concerning Chinese democracy, when will you see it? I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.